0: Carolina is the home of Fantasy Football's consensus number one overall pick, but few things are certain in the first year of the Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule era. Hello everyone and welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15. I'm your host Michael Beller. We are kicking off... Another week here on Fantasy Football in 15, running through our State of the Team series. Our sixth episode thus far, five episodes last week. If you missed any of those, go back and check those out. Get yourself ready or start getting yourself ready for those fantasy football drafts coming up this summer. Our sixth team on the docket is the Carolina Panthers. A whole lot of changes in Carolina, and to go over those with us, we bring on our Panthers beat writer, Joe Person. Joe, what's going on? Thanks for joining me today.
1: Michael, man, appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely, man. This is a a different team. You know, you go back a decade in 2011 – Cam Newton, Ron Rivera arrive in Carolina together. Now both of them are gone. Of course, Rivera still in the league as the head coach in Washington. Cam is still looking for a job. The Panthers, though, they got themselves a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater and a new head coach in Matt Rule. Uh, Let's start with Rule first. Uh, Excellent stint, three years at Baylor, uh, gets his chance with the Panthers this year. What brand of offense can we expect from him making the transition from college to the NFL?
1: Yeah, it's going to be pretty wide open, and and as much as we can learn from Matt Rule, probably the more telling uh, study is of Joe Brady. And as you know, the Panthers, after they hired Rule, kind of gave uh, gave Matt Rule an open checkbook to go get uh, what what most believe was sort of the hottest up and coming young offense coordinator in in the game. Uh, of course Joe Brady in his one year at LSU gets Joe Burrow a helps Joe Burrow get a Heisman and helps the LSU Tigers win a national championship so here he is uh, in Charlotte Joe Brady prior to LSU, as a, a lot of uh, your your listeners would know, had a stint as a low-level offensive assistant with Sean Payton and the Saints, but those were a couple of formative years for him. I mean, he was like an offensive quality control coach. He was way down the ladder, but in that time, first of all, he got to know Teddy Bridgewater, who was there as, as Drew Brees' backup, but he also really studied the Peyton offense and as I've talked to Panthers players over the last few weeks uh, during kind of the this stay at stay at home order and and during their virtual sessions like Will Greer backup quarterback he was telling me that they have watched a ton of Saints and LSU offensive cutups so I think I think that's going to be and 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 you look at the Saints. I mean, look, I, I understand it's not the Panthers don't have Drew Brees uh, pulling the trigger or Michael Thomas running the routes, but I think you're going to see a lot of empty backfield sets. You know, a lot of you know, lots of five receiver sets. Now it may not be five wideouts. I think Christian McCaffrey, of course, will be be out wide, and and even a guy like tight end Ian Thomas, who's a pass catching type tight end. But it should be fun. I mean, I, I think this team's going to struggle. But I think offensively, they should be at least kind of interesting to watch. And, and you know, I think some weeks they're going to put up some, some pretty decent point totals and some yardage totals.
0: You know, Bridgewater did look pretty good filling in for Drew Brees. A lot of people thought that the Saints were going to be in trouble after Brees went down with a thumb injury early in the year last year, and that was not the case. Bridgewater uh, kept not only a steady ship but a very successful ship and helped uh, the Saints to be as successful as they were last year. There were a ton of quarterbacks on the market, a ton of guys available, no shortage of options for teams that wanted QBs. Why were the Panthers so aggressive in going after Bridgewater?
1: Well, like like I said, I, I don't think we can understate the importance of that relationship between Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Brady from their time together in New Orleans. Bridgewater was telling a story this offseason about when he got traded from the Jets. I mean, I'm, I'm, a lot of people, if you're like me, kind of sort of forgot about his like three-month cameo with the Jets. Uh, but he gets traded right before opening or, or week one, I guess it would, would have been 2018. And um, of course he lands in new Orleans and Sean Payton and his staff are like, they're preparing for a a game. Like it isn't like, Hey, we're in the the first week of August and let's, you know, break in this, this new second team quarterback. And so while Brady and, and, or excuse me, while, while Payton and and most of his uh, offensive staff was preparing, preparing for week one, the job of sort of breaking in Teddy Bridgewater fell to Joe Brady, and those two, I thought that was an interesting anecdote, and those two have remained close, and so in in Teddy Bridgewater, they, as you said, we, we have seen a guy, you know, I think he was early in his career before that devastating knee, that knee and leg injury, he looked like a guy who was destined for potential stardom in this league. Now we've seen a guy at least in 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 the five games he came in uh, when when Breeze was hurt with the thumb last year. We saw a guy that was pretty capable. I hate to call him a game manager, but that's kind of what he was. Like he was taking what the defense gave him. He was on time with his throws. He wasn't put, putting uh you know, wasn't taking chances into coverage. And, and, you know, I think they went 5-0 and under him. So it, it wasn't like spectacular offensive numbers like we've seen with Brees in, in that offense. But it was pretty steady. And I think the Panthers will take that from Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, oh, by the way, a pretty good outlet to dish the ball to in Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And we'll talk about McCaffrey in a second. But before we get to that, this is going to be a unique season for all 32 teams in the NFL, but the Panthers have a new head coach, a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator. What sort of challenges are they facing in this COVID world?
1: Huge. I mean, you could make the argument that the Panthers are, are, are have the biggest uphill uh, climb of anyone uh, because of what you just mentioned, Michael. I mean, the, uh, forget about just the new coach, but the new quarterback, the new system. All and and, the, and also this isn't a head coach like Joe Judge who's been in the league, you know, uh, for the most part. This is a guy who's done the college thing, and uh, except for one year, you know, Matt Rule of course made his mark at Baylor and Temple. He had one year with the Giants, and so it, it is even a bigger learning curve. and And now he doesn't have OTAs, he doesn't have minicamp you know, he's been doing these virtual teaching and coaching sessions with, with the Panthers. But I've been impressed that Matt rule has not once even come close to like made, making an excuse or made an excuse for any of this. It's sort of like, this is the hand he's dealt. And first of all, too, it's important to note in those programs at temple and Baylor, those were turnaround type programs. Like he went in, and in some, I think at Temple, like he didn't inherit a bad team. Baylor, he, he did, but he tore it down anyway. He wanted he wanted guys that you know that that fit his system. He wanted certain guys that he could kind of build a program around, and that's what the owner here, David Tepper, when giving Matt Rule a seven-year contract uh, to come coach the Carolina Panthers he basically gave him that same sort of leeway that like, look, we don't expect you to be good in 2020. You may not be good in 2021, but we do think once you get this system in place, we're confident you can get it rolling. So take your time. Don't feel like this has to be a quick fix. And so that is, so all that with all the obstacles being put put before Matt rule this year, yeah, they might struggle, but that's – like David Tepper and the owner; – they're okay with that. Like they, they expect the, the Panthers to struggle this year and uh, kind of taking a, a step backwards in the hopes of taking a couple big step forwards down the road.
0: Well, if you're a new coach in the league and you're looking to get things rolling and take a few big steps, you would probably ask for a player like Christian McCaffrey. So uh, Rule's got to be happy that he's got McCaffrey on his team. He had a season for the ages last year. Is there any reason to think that – his touches, whether they be carries targets, whatever are dialed back in any way this year, or are we just running back 2019?
1: You know, maybe, but I think if so, it would be marginal. Uh, you know, I just, you can't, uh, you know, it, despite what I just said about this being a rebuilding year, these guys are type a alpha personalities. These not just the players, but these coaches. And so when Matt rules preparing to play, you know, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady or, you know, week one playing the Las Vegas Raiders here in Charlotte. He, he, you know, he wants to put the, uh, the lineup out there on the field offensively and defensively. That's going to give them his best chance of winning. And that means a whole lot of Christian McCaffrey in the running game, a lot of Christian McCaffrey in the passing game, you know, and I, I I've had this conversation. I had it last week with their, their quarterbacks coach here, Jake Peets. And, and, and I asked him the same thing you just asked me. It's like, you know, you know I, he said, you, you want your best players on the field. Like he said, you know, we want to be smart with it. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, I, I think if they're games where they're just getting their doors blown in, then yes, get McCaffrey off the field. Don't expose him to unnecessary, unnecessary hits and so forth. But otherwise, you know, the, he's proven for being a guy that's of sort of small frame, He's, he's in, he's a beast when it comes to workouts. He's a nutritional nut. One of these guys who knows like every ounce of protein and carbohydrate that goes in his body and, and that low center of gravity helps him too. like, I, I can probably count on about three fingers, the m- number of hits he's taken in his first three years that really made you like wince. Like he, he just, it, and it's not always making guys miss. That's part of it. But he just—he's kind of down low, and he's just sort of bouncing off tackles, and he's not getting blown up.
0: You know, and a number that jumps off the page to me about his season last year, other than the obvious stats, are the fact that he had 20 carries inside the five yard line, that was second in the league to Dalvin Cook. He had nine touchdowns on those 20 carries, third in the league on touchdowns from inside the five, behind Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. We love. Touches inside the five yard line in the fantasy football world is a it is about scoring touchdowns. The closer you are to the goal line, the better chance you're going to have to score. Any reason to think that that changes for him? That we see a different philosophy from this team when they do get really in tight to the goal line?
1: I don't think so. Like of course when you're when you're going over those stats, I'm sitting here thinking that it helped McCaffrey and it helped the Panthers that. To have McCaffrey after Cam Newton went down, because mm-hmm. as you know, those were the t- sorts of opportunities that Cam Newton thrived on throughout his career. You know, he, even, you know, even the last couple of years, but he, he goes out in week two last year or, or, or after week two. And and, you know, they, they weren't going to let Kyle Allen, you know, kind of run, you know, do an RPO or or do a bootleg at the goal line and so same thing with teddy bridgewater like teddy will run it on occasion but not like cam newton and so i i think those those touches inside the five for mccaffrey i don't i don't see him being reduced at all with teddy bridgewater kind of now assuming the role that kyle kyle allen had last year
0: move out to the wide receiver position. It's a fun group. You've got DJ Moore on a really impressive trajectory through his first two years in the league. Curtis Samuel hasn't quite reached the heights that we've hoped for him in the fantasy community, but always an intriguing guy. A lot of different things you could do with him. And then the team goes out and adds a really dangerous deep threat in Robbie Anderson. We know that Christian McCaffrey takes a huge chunk out of the receiver's target share. He led this team last year. How should we expect those three guys, Moore, Samuel, and Anderson, to to share the target load, understanding that McCaffrey's got this monster role in the passing game?
1: Yeah, I mean, Curtis Samuel's got a lot to prove. I mean, he's he's the guy, as you said, he's got the the skill set. They drafted him uh, in the second round, you know, used a high draft pick out of, him, out of Ohio State on him. But, you know, to me, he's done some nice things, as you said, you know, kind of in a Percy Harvin type role, you know, running the ball or you know, coming in motion and running the ball. But, but I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on DJ Moore. Like I think I've liked him since they drafted him. You know, he, I don't know that he's ever going to become like a Steve Smith. I, I and, and, and a lot of guys don't, and that's okay. But I think that what we saw at him last year with, you know, over a thousand yards and a, a, a bunch of catches, I, I, I don't know that he had a ton of touchdowns, but, I I just think, I think he, first of all, he's tough. He's not scared. You know, he'll go over the middle and catch balls. And then a lot of times he gives you that yards after catch. So you're right. I I think they know what they have in DJ Moore. And so Curtis Samuel, now they've seen him a few years. And then what Robbie Anderson gives them, you mentioned, I mean, just blow the top off the defense type speed. He doesn't have a real... Um, uh, diverse route tree. It's pretty limited, and and most of it's you know stretching, uh, stretching the field as I said. But that's okay, like because a lot of times Curtis Samuel, who has that type of speed, is getting hung up, you know, in press coverage. Robbie Anderson will, will be able to open up the field for guys like uh, DJ Moore. And then, and the guy I mentioned in passing a minute ago, I, I, I'm I'm interested to see what Ian Thomas does out of the tight end position. I think the tight end position this year is going to be, you know, basically a glorified wide receiver, and and that is right up Ian Thomas. That that is Ian Thomas, uh, more so than Greg Greg Olson. I mean, Olson will get in there and do some blocking for you, and. I've thought all along, I feel like every year I'm pointing to Ian Thomas as a breakout-type figure, but with Olsen finally gone and in this new offense, uh, he's a guy that I'm pretty intrigued with.
0: Carolina Panthers, a big season ahead with a whole lot of changes. Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Brady, going to be a fun one so long as they've got Christian McCaffrey and a potentially exploding DJ Moore. And, hey, maybe the year for Ian Thomas as well. That's our Panthers beat writer, Joe Person. Joe, thanks for joining us today.
1: Appreciate it, Michael.
0: You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joseph Person, and that's going to do it for us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an athletic subscriber, you can get a free 30-day trial at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Joe Person, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 we will be back with you tomorrow.